You ready for some word today? Okay, well then get, get out your Bible and uh, turn with me to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 12, and, and like I said, we're doing things in a different order today. We're going to end on a powerful note, uh, uh, but Revelation chapter 12, if you're new with us or not used to bringing a Bible to church, maybe this is a different kind of church, we actually use the Bible. <laughs> And believe it, and, and what, I want you to check up on me, make sure what I'm saying is in the Bible, right? Because right? no human being is the source of truth, and uh, we're studying the Word of God, so get it on your phone if you don't carry a physical Bible with you. Uh, Revelation chapter 12, let's notice together verses 10 and 11. It reads, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Now, now uh, do you understand who the accuser of the brethren is? All right? All right. That is another label for a dude called Satan the devil, that dragon, right? He is a, a snake and, and he's, a, he's an accuser. This is one of the ways you can know what types of things are of the devil versus of God, okay? And even maybe judge yourself, what spirit am I yielding to, all right? Those that are constantly accusing, making accusation against others, you're yielding to the wrong spirit, Right? Whereas the love of God covers, the enemy wants to expose, wants to accuse, wants to proclaim guilt and condemnation towards people. But it goes on to say here, verse, uh, verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. And so I want to zero in on they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Okay? Now that might that might sound odd, but first of all accept it as a truth then we'll get into the how to. Okay? Satan is overcome by what's the word? Blood. By blood. By blood. That might even sound gross. <laughs> sound weird. I mean, if you were in a physical fight, how would you overcome someone? Throw some blood in their eyes, maybe? And then punch them? I, uh, Satan is overcome. His attacks, his advances against us to steal, kill, and destroy are overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And the Lamb, of course, we know is Jesus. He is overcome. But how does that work? I mean, how practically does one overcome the accuser with, with blood? Okay, well, consider what we're accused of, all right? What, what are the accusations that are lobbed against us day and night and before God day and night? What, what are the thoughts? What are the accusations? They are, in short, that you have sinned, that you are deserving of punishment, that you're deserving of judgment. You are guilty to be condemned, to be shamed, Satan is working as the accuser day and night saying, 
you're a bad person. You're a rascal. You are deserving of death. You're deserving of every bad thing this earth has and more coming your way. And so he, his method to gain access to our lives is accusation. So we end up saying, um, yes, I'm guilty. I'm, I feel bad. You remember Peter wrote and said that our adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In other words, he's not able automatically to devour everybody, but he's looking for opportunities, looking for open doors, looking for avenues to gain access into people's lives. Now, uh, uh, the good news is that he can't just kill whoever he wants, all right? Uh, But not good news, he does still get into people's lives. But if if we're smart enough, if we'll read this and find out how he gets in, then we can close the door. Yeah? Yeah? Because he's the one who's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. God's not our problem. But Satan is seeking access into everyone's life. And how does he do it? He comes accusing. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he is the accuser of the brethren. Of course, that includes the sistren. And so we are called. He, tell, he speaks against us saying we are unholy and unworthy and deserving of condemnation. He's seeking to devour us, so he comes accusing. Well, what then, by that logic, would give him access to destroy our lives? In short, agreeing with him. In short, when we agree and say, yeah, I'm a rascal. I'm a bad person. Uh, I'm guilty as charged. I deserve this. I deserve that and more. That's what he wants you to do. By the way, do you know how common that is in Christian circles? For people to say that about themselves and think that way and meditate on their undeserving nature and to think of themselves as, yeah, I've got these bad things, but I deserve it because I've sinned. And, and it's, so, it's so bad. It's a seed of demonic doctrine sown into believers' lives. But it's so bad... Churches will sing about it. It gets in the music. And people will lift their hands and sing how we're unworthy and unholy and all these kind of things. And by the way, we're not agreeing with the Spirit of God. We're agreeing with the accuser. Satan is not accusing you of being the righteousness of God in Christ. He's not coming at you saying you're more than a conqueror. (laughs) You've got the greater one inside of you. No, he's saying you are the absolute opposite of this. And so uh, we need to push back against these accusations. But I mean, again, how do you do it if the accusations are like true? I mean, you understand, uh, you'll find this language in the Old Testament. There are spirits, evil spirits that are called familiar, familiar spirits. What does that mean? That means they're aware. They're familiar with you, your parents and your grandparents, things that have happened, things you've done. They know your browser history, right? (laughs) They've seen all the things that you've done that no one ever knows. I mean, negative things. No one ever found out about. You got away with it. They have a lot of ammunition, is what I'm saying, to accuse. 
to bring guilt, to bring shame, to make us feel like we're rascals and undeserving of any of God's blessings or favor or kindness or anything like that. They have ammunition. So when these thoughts come, what are we going to do with that? Because we remember it's like, yeah. How, how, do we, how do we practically uh, resist this or, or counter this when it seems like it is, is true? But because of that, this is why many people agree with the prosecutor. They are guilty as charged. They did this. And we say, yeah. Say, aren't we supposed to do that? Now, listen, if you're, a, if you're outside of Christ, if you have never received salvation, you need to, at least one time... <laughs> Come before God and say, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I have come short of your glory. I have broken your commandments, and I am deserving of judgment, and I'm calling on you for mercy, and I, you know, I call on the name of the Lord. I believe in Jesus, was raised from the dead, right? And then you're saved. But the question is, should we do that again and again and again the rest of our lives? Should we continually go before God and say, I'm guilty, I'm guilty? No. That's agreeing with the with the the accuser. Remember who, who, who's, who, who is he accusing here? He's a, the accuser of the brethren, right? He's, a, in other words, those who are in the family, those who are saved. He comes accusing us, and we are not to agree with him. Say, but what if it's true? Again, this is where we find the answer, right, in this, in this passage that they overcame him by the what? The blood of the Lamb. So we gain victory through our declarations about the blood of Christ. Not agreeing with the, with the accuser, nor making light of sin and saying, well, it's no big deal, or I'm... You know, I'm no worse than some other people I know. I'm not taking either of those approaches. I'm not going to minimize my sin by saying, but they did it too. They were worse. Nor am I, uh, I going to say, yep, guilty as charged. No. My answer to the accusation is, I declare the blood of Jesus. I proclaim that his blood is more powerful than my sin. That's how they overcame. That's how we are going to overcome. Now, let me draw your attention to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 28 and 29. It reads this way. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose Will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? Now, now think about it. How much worse punishment is this person deserving? Well, you mean they're, they're deserving? They're, they deserve more than being killed? <laughs> more than death? That's what it says. Like death, like you would think that's capital punishment. That's the worst. You break the law and you get, you, you get assigned death. How can you do any worse than that? He said, this is worse. You are worthy of worse than that if you do these things to the blood of Christ. If we 
in essence, count this blood a common thing. Okay, listen to this from the New Living, the end of verse 29. They have treated the blood of the covenant, uh, which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. So this is what we must be on guard for. We overcome by declaring the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus shed for us. Here's the opposite, is when we make light of it. We take holy, precious blood and say, it's insufficient. We think it or we say it. It is not enough. It's, uh, listen to what Peter wrote, and then I'll comment. 1 Peter 1.18, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but redeemed, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So you weren't redeemed by these corruptible natural things. You were redeemed by what? Precious blood. The blood, but it is referred to as precious. That's just the opposite of someone who treats it as common. Yeah, I mean, that's nice and everything. It's, it's pretty good blood. <laughs> no, those who recognize the power within it and all that was done to give it to us, consider it precious. It's the precious blood of Jesus. Okay, think about the mentality that would be opposite of that then. All right? And that is, Satan will, will tempt us to disregard the blood of Christ. How would we do that? Here's two ways. One, by making our sin more powerful than the blood. Where we give more weight, more credibility, more power over our lives to our failure than we do the blood that redeemed us from that failure. And people think, but you don't know how many bad things I've done, but you don't know what I've done. And I've really messed up and done some really bad things. How can I stand boldly before God? How can I have his blessings and his favor in my life when I have done so many wrong things or I've done some wrong things, but I did them 50 times a day <laughs> for 50 years or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? We magnify sin, magnify the power and the effects and the, 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 um, you know, the very existence of it more than the blood of Christ. That is treating it as inferior and making sin superior. And I don't ever want to do that. My friend, I don't care what you've done. Your sin is not more powerful than the blood of Christ. Your sin is not more potent. It is not something to be revered. It is not something to bow to and to worship and to, and to let dominate and control us. No, the blood of Jesus overall. But secondly, then, it, is, it has to do with the effects of sin. And one biblical word we can use is the word curse. Okay? You can read in the scripture in Deuteronomy 28 gives you a good listing of curses. It's not pleasant reading. <laughs> but that is when we think and we allow these thoughts to exist 
that I am deserving of the curse. I've got these things in my life and I've got them coming to me. And, or, 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 th- or this way, uh, my condition, my physical condition is incurable. Really? Uh, you made that condition more powerful than the blood of Christ? Neither is your sin incurable nor, uh, or unforgivable, nor your disease incurable. Right. Or, you know, it can be things like my family has had this for generations. All the men have heart disease and, and we magnify that and that's more powerful. Or everyone, I've got a history, of, history in our family of addiction and everyone does this. Or, or uh, poverty has ruled for generation. People struggle or they all die young or all kinds of these things. Those are, that's a curse in the Bible. Okay. And I cannot and I will not subject the blood, the precious blood of God's son to those things and say, well, I can't get free because, or this thing is too much. It's not too much for the blood. I will magnify and exalt and overcome the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. 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 And so while many are quick to declare themselves guilty as charged, we have more information. We have a greater revelation. And that is our declaration. What we declare is we are redeemed by the blood of Christ. Amen. 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 Yeah. I was, a couple of months ago, it was a Saturday night, and I was in bed like most people should be that time of night. And anyway, I woke up at 2 in, two in the morning. Uh, I looked at the clock, 2 a.m. I thought, ah, it's not time to get up. But I woke up, and I was awake enough. I thought, well, I might as well, you know, get up and use the restroom, and then I'll come back to bed and sleep the rest of the night. Uh, be ready for church in the morning. And the strangest thing happened because as soon as I got up, I started hiccuping. Is that a, is that a verb? Hiccuping? I started, I engaged with the hiccups. And they were every couple seconds. Hiccup. 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 Went to the bathroom. Hiccuping. <laughs> Got done hiccuping. Um, my mind is all over the place right now going, what in the world? I mean, I've had a hiccups before, but not like this. And they stop. And I thought, well, I'm standing, I stood up and, you know, may I just need to lay back down in the bed and they'll go away. So I was going to do that anyway. I, I'll go lay down and I'm laying in bed every couple of seconds, every few seconds, hiccuping, shaking the whole bed. <laughs> Literally, I mean, the whole bed would shake when I would, when I would do it. Amy was aware that this was happening because <laughs> the bed was shaking. So after a, a couple minutes, I thought, well, I'm like, uh, it's kind of annoyed. Like, I guess I got to get up. I can't keep her awake. So I got up, went into the living room, laid in the recliner, and I thought, well, stay out here until these stop. And I go out there, hiccuping on the way out, hiccuping into the chair, hiccuping as I'm, <laughs> as I'm laying back. And I couldn't get them to stop. I mean, they're just almost like they're scheduled every few seconds. <laughs> boom, boom. And I'm laying there thinking, since I can't get 
unable to get them to stop and thinking, what am I going to do in the morning? And as much as that might sound like a strange thought, it does to me now almost, but in the moment, it's like, I can't get this, how am I going to preach? Because I had no indication that I would ever be able to get them to stop. And I thought, I'm, I'll just tell, I'm think processing. Well, I'll just tell everyone. <laughs> I said, you just have to get over this today because whatever, this is going on and I'm going to preach anyway. Because the devil doesn't stop me from preaching. And uh, anyway, so I'm processing that. I'm laying there. And after a while, I just start, uh, I'm trying to kind of sleep, but then I meditate. You can't fully because you wake up every three seconds. Uh, uh, every, uh, I start meditating on healing, on healing verses, just thinking about the healing power of God, the by his stripes I'm healed, that kind of stuff. That's what we do as believers. And uh, I'm meditating on that. And anyway, it's three o'clock now. So it's gone straight for an hour with no uh, pause, not even 10 second pause. Uh, straight for an hour, three o'clock, and I'm laying there. And this word comes to me, proclaim the blood. And I thought, well, one, that's not standard protocol. I mean, I speak the name, I speak the word, I speak to the mountain, I exercise authority, uh, but proclaim the blood. I thought, okay. And I laid there and I said out loud, I proclaim the blood of Jesus. And instantly they stopped. Yeah. I mean, when I say instantly, there wasn't one more. It even, to some degree, surprised me how fast that happened. I went, I'm laying, I get up, walk into bed, go back, lay down, went to sleep, wake, woke up in the morning, came and preached without a hiccup. Here's, now watch. One thing that's important to learn is whenever you're overcoming something and it's not immediately happening, keep listening. Meditate, keep your mind on the word, on the Lord, and be thanking him for the victory. But then listen, because sometimes he'll give you a word that you wouldn't naturally go to. I wouldn't naturally go to saying that. But he gave that to me. And when he gives you the answer, you act on that word and you'll see victory. Amen. And so, uh, but this is, this is powerful. I mean, honestly, I think it was, and I'm, I, I, you know me, I'm not overly calling everything a demon, that kind of stuff. I think it was somewhat demonic kind of thing that was going on there. And I when I declared the blood, the Lord gave me that answer. I immediately had victory. But I tell you, it is biblical in principle because they overcame him by the blood. And how are we going to overcome? By the blood of the lamb. Amen. Psalm 107 verse 2 tells us, let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say so. Say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let, let the redeemed of the Lord just think about it. No, get a t-shirt, says I'm redeemed. Well, that's okay, nothing wrong with that. But we are to declare it. We are to say so. Revelation 5 tells us we are redeemed by the blood. So what should I say? I am redeemed. How? By the blood of Jesus. That means I've been purchased by his blood. I've been redeemed from the curse and from every form of death. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so that principle and that truth, this is how the enemy seeks access into your life. But we can draw the line here today. 
The good news is all these things can be activated at our decision and by our choice when we decide to proclaim the blood concerning our own lives. Praise God. And we're going to do that in just a moment, in a few, in a few moments. But let me finish this, uh, this message with this. In light of being redeemed by the blood of Christ, I want to give you six recommendations for your activities this year. All right? It's the first part of the year. You want to make some upgrades, some changes. I'll, these are all messages by themselves, so I'll just give them to you quick. All right. Uh, this is how redeemed people should act this year. Number one is to overcome by the blood of Christ. Whatever's facing you, whatever's come against you, uh, make full use of the blood of Christ in your life. Don't ignore it. Don't make light of it. Don't think anything else is, is superior or stronger. Make full use of the blood. Don't let the curses of the past continue into the future. And you can stop those things today. Number two, honor the Lord with finances, beginning with the tithe. Think about it this way. In Jesus shedding his blood for me, he has given me his very best. He has given me the very thing that I need. Now that I've received from him, I freely give. He gave to me, and I will absolutely be a giver to the Lord, beginning but not ending with the tithe. Number three, number three, forgive those who have harmed you. Forgive those who have harmed you. In other words, what Jesus did for me in shedding his blood is he forgave me. And we should likewise forgive those who have done harm against us. Yes, we should follow this model, follow what Jesus did, untether yourself from the pain and from the past, and it won't happen until forgiveness is granted. When you forgive, you're operating in the realm of God, and the blood of Jesus that redeemed you has now really made you free because it enables you to forgive others. Praise God. Number four, number four, make church priority. Make church priority. In other words, we are the redeemed, so we should be in the company of the redeemed on a consistent and frequent basis. We are supposed to be together. Birds of a feather flock together. The redeemed are supposed to be with one another frequently. Yes? Yes. But when I say make church priority, don't just attend. Come on, let's, let's go all in with this. Make this the real deal. Pray, serve, give, invite others. Do church like it was intended. Let's not play games in 24. Let's not treat the things of God as common or unholy, whether it's the blood of Jesus first and foremost or anything that he's, he called us to be a part of. Let's say, uh, I'm, I'm going to do this the way God intended, not the bare minimum. Not, I'm not going to scrape into heaven by the skin of my teeth, if that's a thing. Teeth don't have skin, I don't think. But no, sold out the whole route. Number five, number five, let's stretch this year. Stretch and be committed to grow. 
In other words, I'm redeemed. Let's, I want to make the most of my redemption. I want to make the absolute most of what he has redeemed me for because he's redeemed us unto himself and called us to a holy purpose. And I want to not remain stagnant or be the same as I was last year or the last five years, but I'm ready to grow and make changes and increase in my life. And number six, number six is be continually filled with the Spirit. Jesus said you put new wine into new wineskins. And if you have been made, been made brand new by being born again, by being filled with, or by, by uh, again, being recreated in Christ Jesus, don't be an empty vessel. Be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5 tells us to be continually filled. Start off with the first one. If you've never received Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, baptism in the Spirit, Decide today, I will. And then live a spirit-filled life. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. We are the redeemed. And so what are we going to do? Say so. We are going to declare the blood. Amen. Not declare our insufficiency, our guilt, and our shame, and our failure. No, I declare the blood. Yeah of Christ. Father, thank you for working in us today, right here and right now. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart, say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.